you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pittsfield campus. A circle. Simple. Round. Refined. A shape that was spoken into existence with the universe. And a shape that holds powerful meaning. We see this shape all over creation, the sun, stars, our earth, and we find it in some of our most precious possessions. It's a beautiful symbol of wholeness and completeness, a symbol of infinite motion. It's a shape that represents love and commitment and a symbol of unity. Unity, an idea of connectedness even when separated. To be a group of people moving in the same direction with the same heartbeat. It's an idea that we, as a family of churches, are better together than we are by ourselves. We were never meant to be alone. And we believe in being a community of action. That our love for one another will drive us beyond the four walls into our communities to share the transformative presence of God with our neighbors. It's a love that brings families back together. That's the community we strive to be, bringing heaven to earth. Amazing things happen when a group of people commit to one cause, when they rally around the same mission, something happens. You have a movement, a God-given mission and vision for our future. God has given all of us a unique part to play in accomplishing what he has set before us. And we are most impactful when we stay true to who God has called us to be. Because the kingdom of God doesn't need any more replication of other ministries. And it doesn't need any more imitation. What it needs is innovation that comes through obedience. For we experience no greater freedom than when we are walking in step with Christ and going where he has called us to go. But we know that our God is for us. We know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So here we stand with a lamp on our feet and a light on our path, coming alive to our calling. For we are Grace Capital Church, and this is our awakening. Amen. Did you know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Do you believe it? Well, then we have to live that way, right? Yeah, so that changes how we live. It really does. Thank you so much for honoring us, Bob, and everyone. Um, it's, it's really humbling to be here, and that's really all I have to say about it. Except there's, there's one more person here that I'd like to honor tonight, um, and he's probably going to get mad at me. But it's not easy being the pastor's kid. Because you miss out on a lot of things that you would like to do. And that 24-hour stuff that we do infringes on a lot of things he'd like to do. So let's honor Jake. He's, he's a great kid. He spent a lot of time sitting around the church being bored. While we've been in meetings or talking with people, and it's not easy, and I know that, and I'm proud of you. Amen. Amen. Well, that uh, that was amazing worship, Kyle. 
and the team. Thank you so much for leading us. It's, a, it's, it's really amazing. I know, you know, we've been in Pembroke and we've been there for years with a big crowd and a bigger band and it's awesome there. But you know, when we're here and we're here together and we have our worship team and we really just raise our hands and worship God, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. You don't, you don't have to have the big band. You don't have to have all the big production. You just have to have a heart to worship. And that's what Kyle and Heidi and, and Jocelyn and Jim have that heart to worship. And they lead us into worship. And it's really beautiful. So thanks, guys. We, we really appreciate that. And as, as, as Kyle was singing the last song about grace, you know, tonight we're going to be talking about um, generosity and how generosity becomes us. That's one of our values at Grace Capital Church is that... Uh, uh, that we want to be known as a church that's generous because generosity becomes us. Generosity speaks well of us when we can be gener- generous. But, you know, there's nothing more generous than God's grace. There's absolutely nothing more generous than God's grace. You know, Kyle was talking about that and how, how God's grace changes everything. God doesn't give us what we deserve. God gives us his very best. You know, there's grace and there's mercy. And, and when God doesn't give us what we deserve, that's his mercy poured out for us. You know, one time I, I was, uh, this moment of transparency, I was caught speeding uh, on my way to church on a, <laughs> on a Sunday morning. It's been a couple of years ago. And so we pulled over, the officer came up and did all the, the usual stuff. Not that I know what the usual stuff is. But <laughs> the officer came and did the usual stuff and... And she went to her car and did all that and came back and said, slow down and have a great day. She didn't give me a ticket. That was mercy. Because I didn't get, I deserved a ticket. I was speeding. I deserved it. And she said, have a great day. That's mercy. And then there's grace. You know what grace is? Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Getting better than we deserve. And, And my best example for that is sitting here on the second row. It's Kathy. It's a wife that is uh, beautiful and friendly and loving. And I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. That's God's grace. That's nothing but pure grace. God's grace. And he's generous with that. He's generous with that to me, but he's also generous with, that, with his grace and mercy to you and everyone. And there's nothing more generous than God's grace. Nothing more generous than God's grace. So we're going to be talking about that t- tonight. Generosity and how it becomes us. You know, we've talked about some of our other values as we've gone through this Awakening series. And, and we've ha- I've heard so many great stories about life group and people that uh, have been in life groups and the things that have come out of the life group and how people are growing together. Remember, we're better together and people are growing together and, and, and really loving each other and caring for each other in their life group as they talk about some of these topics. You know, we talked about how God's presence is a value of Grace Capital Church and God's presence changes us. We talked about the Holy Spirit and and how the Holy Spirit is a value of Grace Capital Church. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us. And last week, we talked about how much people matter to us. All people matter to us. That's a value of who we are. That's a value of who you are as part of Grace Capital Church. You matter. The people outside these walls matter. All people matter to God. It doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done. We matter to God and we matter to each other. Today, as I said, we're going to be talking about generosity and how generosity becomes us. It becomes us. Generosity is a thing that that God wants us to do. 
The church is called to be different. Who, who's generous out there? The corporations and the, the corporate world and the, the American way, is that a generous way? No, nobody's doing this stuff. But the church is called to do it. And who's the church? The church is me. The church is you. We're called to be generous. God calls us to be cheerful givers, generous givers. Who does that in today's world? The church. The church needs to be the one to do that. We need to be the generous ones. So what, what is generosity anyway? What do we mean when we talk about generosity? I know the first thing that comes to my mind, and probably yours too, is money. Yes, God calls us to be generous with our money, but there's so much more. There's more than that. God is generous with His grace and mercy, and He, he wants us to be generous. God is generous. He owns a thousand, a cattle on a thousand hills, but yet He's generous to us. He gives us grace and mercy. He gives us blessings. He opens the storehouse of heaven to give us blessings. Generosity is so much more than money. It's, it's more than God making you rich. I'm not going to stand up here tonight and, and tell you that if you're generous and if you just give so much, you're going to be rich a thousand times over because I don't know that. Maybe you will, but probably not. Generosity is, is way more than God making us rich. Generosity is a lifestyle. And it goes far beyond how much money I have or how much money I give away. God is a generous God. He's way bigger than that. That's a little bitty thing. God is so much bigger than that in His generosity. We read it all through Scripture in Psalms 33. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. It's full. It's, it's full. There's, there's so much. There's abundance in what God does. Psalm 68, you shed abroad a plentiful rain. Plentiful rain. Oh God, you confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Numbers 14, if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring, it, bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. In Psalm 66, you made men right over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet, you brought us out into a place of abundance. Abundance. God is a God of abundance. In Psalm 78, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them abundant drink, like the ocean depths. He didn't give them a little to drink. Abundant drinks, like the ocean depths. In John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. And not just a little bit of life, but life to the full. Life in abundance. That's what he's promised us. Life in abundance. Generosity. So what does it look like then to be generous? What, is, what does it look like? Why does God call us to be generous? Is it so that we can be showy about all the things that he's blessed us with? Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm going to give this $10,000 away. Is that why God wants us to be generous so we can be showy? Or maybe do you, does he want us to be generous because we don't have enough to give away and he wants us to feel guilty about that? No, I don't think so. I think we can look in scripture and we can... We can find a few things that will give us answers to the question of why, why does God want us to be generous? And how, how can we be more generous? Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll read the scripture there. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. So it's 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. But this, I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, he's able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of, your, uh, because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. His indescribable gift. So in this scripture we can find, I think, some of the answers of why God wants us to be generous and how God wants us to be generous. We can, starting back at the very first verse that I read in, chapter, in uh, verse 6 of chapter 9. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now in this, this was a, a, apparently this was like a, a common saying, a common thing that people would say back in, this, back in Paul's day as he was uh, writing this. So that he, what he's doing is he's kind of repeating this maxim for people uh, that was current in his time, saying that... Uh, you know, that you, if, you reap a, if you sow a little, you're going to reap a little. That's logic, right? It's very common logic. If, if you sow two seeds, you're not going to get as much as if you sow a hundred seeds in the ground. It's, it's very common sense, logical kind of a thing. And so this is what Paul was talking about. It's a pearl of wisdom that's good for all of us. The saying is, is uh, also reappears in some other scripture in Galatians 6, it talks about a man sows, a man reaps what he sows. It's a kind of a shortened version of this same uh, maxim. What you reap, what you reap is what you've sown. And then there are other things, uh, even in the Old Testament. But, but the closest parallel to this saying is something that Jesus said in Luke, say, in Luke 6. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So all these things from Scripture tell us that what we sow is what we're going to reap. If we sow a little, we'll reap a little. Very logical, very um, common sense kind of approach there. But the principle is clear. We harvest in proportion to what we plant. Or we get as we give, as some people would say. But this applies to all aspects of life. The gospel. If we sow the gospel generously, we're going to reap the harvest plentifully and bountifully. Our time. Time spent with loved ones reaps a harvest. Time spent with our kids reaps a harvest. Time spent worshiping reaps a harvest. Time spent in the Word reaps a harvest. We've all seen that. We all know that. That our time is something that we can give, that we can sow, that we can plant, 
and we can reap a harvest. We can reap a bountiful, bountiful harvest from that. Just think of the time you spend in your word, in the word of God. And the harvest, the, 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 the great gems of wisdom, the pearls of wisdom, the knowledge that we get from Scripture. And just reading the Bible 10, 15 minutes a day. How much knowledge, how much wisdom we gain over a year, over two years, over five years, over ten years. Just that little bit of time. We sow and we reap. Our resources. In the Old Testament, farmers were instructed... It was instructed by the law to leave a part of their crops in the field so that those who were less fortunate could come along behind and uh, reap some of the field, reap some of their harvest and, so that they could be able to eat. They could take away only what they needed. So you, we can be generous with our resources because we know that as, as we um, sow those resources, as we sow that generosity, we're going to reap bountifully. People will come to know the Lord because of our generosity. And in this, this particular scripture, it's pretty clear that Paul is talking about charitable giving. He's talking about giving money away. And he's saying that um, what you sow, you're going to reap. He, he spent the na- next eight verses describing this. The, ne- the rest of the scripture that we read describes this principle of charitable giving, of reaping and sowing. Or sowing and reaping. And sowing plenty so that we can reap plenty. You see, when we're generous, we're... We're really displaying a generous God. Generosity from us displays a generosity from God that people may not see unless they see it through us. In verse 7, we we see that Paul gives three guidelines for giving. So verse 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So in this verse, Paul talks about three things that we can use as guidelines for giving. First is that it's an individual matter. Paul says each. So let each one give. He doesn't say let everyone give the same amount. He doesn't say let everyone give a certain amount of money, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of of their treasure. Each person. Let each one give. So it's a personal thing. The second thing he talks about is that it requires resolve. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. So this is something we need to think about, our generosity. We need to think about the the things that we're able to give. It's not something that we do on a whim. That would be foolishness a lot of times. Or something that we might do on emotion. That would be foolishness a lot of times. If if, if we're uh, standing here giving you some sad story, wanting you to give money based on your emotions, then, then we're probably not doing you very well. Because it says here that we need to purpose in our heart. We need to think through our giving. We need to know our generosity and, and where it's going and, and be good stewards of what God has given us. To be purposeful in our heart. And third, it says that our giving is a private decision that needs to be made in our heart. Too many people give only when they're going to get a claim for it, when they're going to get noticed or recognized for it. But here it says generosity needs to be a private matter. God loves a cheerful giver as each purpose is in his own heart. A private matter. So God calls us to be generous. Each in our own way. Each in the way that the Holy Spirit guides us. See, that's another reason that it's good 
that Jesus left the Holy Spirit with us because we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in everything, including our generosity. The Holy Spirit can guide us on where we need to be generous and how we can be generous and how much we can give away, whether it be time, resources, money. The Holy Spirit can guide us in that. And then Paul goes on, and he identifies the beneficiaries of charitable giving. Who, who reaps the benefit of charitable giving? Well, first of all, the giver does. It says, he says, God, makes all, God is able to make all things abound towards you. So the giver is a beneficiary of, of his own generosity. This grace refers to God's unmerited favor toward the giver. God's unmerited favor, the, the grace that he gives us, we haven't earned that giving, that generosity, the thing that we gave away didn't earn God's grace to us. But as we give, God shows that grace. However, Paul, you know, he, he could be thinking of, of benefits we receive from mon- monetary giving, but also the, ben- the other benefits that we receive from God. It's God's grace that we possess. We, whatever we possess, whether material or spiritual, is from God. All of our possessions are from God. Whether it's a, a physical possession or whether it's a spiritual possession, God's grace, the possession that He gives us, He gives us grace and mercy, those things all come from God. Everything we get, everything that we receive comes from God and comes through God. And God's abundant grace does more than, that replaces all that we spend in His service. It does more than that. He gives us abundantly His grace, over and above that that we've spent as we've been generous to others. God's grace in abundance. And as I read that, did you notice all the places where, where Paul uses the, 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 uh, the words all and always? So let each one and his purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. God is able. Look to your neighbor and say, God is able. He is able to make all grace not a little bit of grace, not some grace, all grace abound toward you that you always, always having all sufficiency in all things, not in some things, not in most things, in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, for every good work. The giver is one of the beneficiaries of generosity. We're, if we're generous, we're the beneficiary. Of that generosity. Also, the recipients, those that who were generous too, are beneficiaries of our generous. The services that a generous person performs supplies the needs of God's people. It's plain and simple. Some of us have more resources than we need, and we can give to those who have less resources and who are in need. That's a plain and simple thing. God's people taking care of God's people so that the recipient is a beneficiary of our generosity. And third, God is a, a beneficiary of our generosity. This service, this generosity is, is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God, it says. It says that there are many expressions of thanks to God because of our generosity. So God gets glory and praise and honor because we're generous. The things that we do can bring honor and praise to God so that God is a, is a beneficiary of our generosity. Verse 13 says, While through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. So people can glorify God because of our obedience to be generous with what God has blessed us with. 
And the fourth beneficiary is the church. Because others will recognize the church as the source of generosity. And I think this is one of the ways that our society has gone a little sideways in the last generation or two. We haven't, you know, we, we look to the government to supply all of our needs. The church, the church should be supplying our needs. Because God's people come together and they share. And then everyone gets the benefit. Everyone's the beneficiary. And then the church is the beneficiary because the church grows. People understand God's generosity. And the church grows. So the church can be a beneficiary. And I'm not saying that that all your generosity should flow through the church either. I'm not asking you to give all your money to the church so the church can give it away. No. The Holy Spirit, like I said before, the Holy Spirit can cause us to be generous and call us to be generous to an individual, to a person, to a group. It doesn't have to come through the church. God calls us to tithe through the church, but He doesn't call us to be generous necessarily through the church. It's fine if you do. If the church is doing a a program or something that you want to give to, that's, that's awesome. But also know that the Holy Spirit can guide you to, to all generosity to others. And as He does that, the church is edified. The church can be edified because of your generosity. As you give, as the Holy Spirit guides you to be generous. You know, there's the parable of the sower that many of us have heard. If you've been in church many times before, if you haven't, it's in Matthew uh, chapter 13. And there's this farmer, it's a a story uh, that Jesus told about this farmer and he sowed seeds and he threw out a lot of seed because he knew that 25% of that seed was going to go on bad soil. 25% of that seed was going to come up and be in rocky soil and was going to fade away quickly. And he knew that there was only a, a small portion of that seed that's going to grow to be healthy and fruitful. But that didn't stop him from being generous with his seeding. He kept seeding. He kept giving it away. Because he knew this principle of generosity. Many people don't like to hear or talk about the idea that God can can and does multiply generous givers material resources. We just don't see it working out that way. The rich, who often are just stingy curmudgeons, they seem to get richer and the poor... Or the middle, who frequently are the most liberal givers, the most generous givers, sometimes we see them getting poorer and poorer. And we don't understand this, and and we can't reconcile it. But we know that God has called us to be generous, and that He's promised us that as we sow, we will reap. Those who sow little will reap little. Those who sow lots will reap lots. Or then we hear those TV guys begging us that if we'll just send them some seed money... God will bless them with so much, hundred times over. And we know that that's not always the case. I'm not putting that out of God's realm because He may certainly decide that that's what He wants to do to someone. But I'm also not going to tell you that if you give seed money to Grace Capital Church, you're going to be blessed a hundred times over. Because I wouldn't be honest with you if I told you that. But we can't deny what Scripture does say here. It says, he he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's in God's word. We believe God's word is true. So that must be true. 
Those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. We also know, because it's in God's word, that God is able to make all grace abound toward us as we're generous. He is able to make all grace abound toward us in our generosity. Something else that we can be sure of because scripture reassures us is that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. So God's generosity toward us, God's abundance toward us, isn't just for us. It's for every good work. It's so that we can kind of recycle it. God, is, God blesses us to bless others. God's generous to us to be generous with others. God's not generous to us to make us rich so that we can have a new car, a new house, a new boat, a new snowmobile. God calls us to be generous for every good work so that we can do the work that the Lord calls us to. That's in the Word. That's in the Scripture that I just read so we know it's true because God's Word is true. We've already decided that in our hearts. And just as we believe that what's in the Word is truth, we also need to take note of what's not in the Word, what's not in the Scripture here. We must notice what Paul does not say. He does not say that wealth or surplus income is a sign of God's blessing. Wealth isn't necessarily a sign of God's blessing. There's plenty of people in this world who are very wealthy. We all know the names. And it's not because of God's blessing on them for their generosity. It's not giving per se that's applauded. As we read in this scripture, it's the church. It's God who gets the applause as we give. As we're generous, God gets the glory. It's to glorify God. That's one of the reasons we need to be generous privately. Because we don't want to draw a lot of our attention to ourselves with our generosity. Because we want God to be glorified. It's a lifestyle. A lifestyle of generosity that Paul's talking about here. For those who give cheerfully and willingly... The promise is that God will provide all that they need to continue doing good for every good work that we are to do. And another very important note about generosity is that we have to remember that once we give something away, it's not ours anymore. We don't get to control it. We don't get to tell people how to use it. If it's money, if it's time, if it's a resource, if we give it away... It's not ours anymore. It's between them and God, what they do with it. Otherwise, if we give it away with strings attached, we're not giving it away. We're selling it because they're providing the service that we require, right? Once we give it away, it's given away and we don't own it anymore. It's not ours to control or to worry about anymore. Once we've given it away, if we give with stipulations, then we we really aren't giving away at all. We're selling, buying that stipulation with whatever we're giving away. Generosity is giving it away. So generosity becomes us as a church and as individuals. So where can you be more generous? Where can I be more generous? And here's a chance um, to be vulnerable, to be honest with each other in church. Can you imagine that? Vulnerable and honest in church? Because I'm going to ask you some questions. And I want you to be honest. And you can look around and see the answers. It's all okay. 
because we love each other. We care about each other. We're all God's children, and He loves us, and we love each other. There are many in this room that could benefit from your generosity. Learning to trust God by means of your generosity. Think about that. Your generosity could help someone who's struggling in their trust with God. Your little bit of generosity toward them can change that, can strengthen their trust. Learning that God provides for the harvest. There are many in this room that can benefit from being generous. Many of us here are, have things to give away. Time, resources, the spider. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> little Miss Muffet. Many, many in this room can, can benefit from being generous. You have something to give away. You have time. You have money. Learning that God provides seed to the sower. He provides seed to the sower, to those who can give away. There are many here who can learn a lesson through your generosity. That as God provides for the sower, it's not just for the short term, but it's for the long term. Inside the fruit of the seed sown this year, it's going to go into the ground. It's going to die. It's going to grow and create more seed for next year. God's provision through our generosity continues, generational, beyond where we first put it. So who here would say, I would love to have someone mentor me, disciple me, help me grow in my walk with the Lord, being generous with their time and knowledge. And then, as I am mentored, as I understand what it means to be a disciple, as my walk with the Lord grows, I can be generous with that and share it with someone else. Is there anyone here who would say, I need a mentor? I would love to have someone mentor me and pour into my life. And then I'm going to do the same. Because of that, generosity is going to supply me with all I need for every good work. Who here would say, I have so much work to do around my house. I'm overwhelmed with it right now. Winter's coming. I'm not prepared. I either don't know how to do the work or I'm not physically capable of doing the work. I would love for someone to be generous with me so that I can be generous in another way with someone else. Is there anyone willing to say that tonight? That you've got things that everybody's all set. Nobody has things that they can have help with. It's time to be vulnerable. It's time to put your pride aside and ask. Because how can someone be generous with you if they don't know you have a need? Who would say, I would love to be more generous with my money, but after I tithe, pay rent, buy food for my family, cover the basics, there's nothing to be generous with. If someone were generous with me, then I could turn around and be more generous with what has been given to me, to others. Is there anyone who would say that? Remember that generosity isn't about what we receive. It's about how we share what we've received. It's not about what we receive. It's about how we share what we receive. We are blessed to be a blessing. We receive generosity to be generous. But you know, just like 
It was last week when I told you that I don't really think we can understand and, and live out the, the value that people matter to us until we really understand how much we matter to God. Amen. I think this same principle carries here. I think we really can't understand how generosity becomes us until we've understood how generous God is with us. Until we understood God's generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his son for us to have everlasting life. We didn't do anything. He didn't give us that as a repayment for how good we have been. God did that for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's generosity. We need to understand that. Before we can understand how we can be generous, we need to understand how generous God can be to us, and God is to us. It might be your generosity that turns the light switch for someone else on how big and good and generous God is. It might be your generosity that turns that light switch on for them. There may be people here who have been in church for years, for years, and haven't understood God's generosity because no one in the church has ever been generous with them. They hear us speak about giving through tithes every week and how we can give, but they've never seen or felt God's generosity through God's people. Look around. Chances are good that you know a lot of people here. If you don't, if you don't know a lot of people, the Holy Spirit does, and He can guide you in all generosity. How can you be generous to someone here tonight? Is the Holy Spirit telling you to be generous to someone tonight? Maybe you're thinking that you can't be, be generous with, with this person or that person because that your generosity will be wasted. Well, remember, like I said before, when you give it away, you've given it away. It's between God and them. God calls us to be generous. God doesn't call us to control what we've been generous with. Remember the scripture. Let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart. I'm not trying to contrive anything tonight. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just asking you to, to ask the Holy Spirit. To, act, to teach you, to tell you, to show you, to lead you into generosity. Please hear me. I'm not trying to contrive or manipulate. But the Holy Spirit may be talking to you. He may be touching you tonight. He may be speaking to you tonight in all generosity. It's a personal and it's a private thing. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to offer time, teaching, wisdom, money to someone, then do it privately. No one needs to know. Connect with them after we finish. Find a way to share your generosity privately.
Generosity is individual, it's purposefully, and it's privately. So tonight, would you consider generosity? I'm not going to know how you receive this message tonight. I'm not going to know who or, or how the Holy Spirit speaks to you tonight. Or if He speaks to you tonight. Or if He guides you tonight. But you do. I trust you enough to know that when the Holy Spirit speaks, you'll listen. Because you know, we're purposeful about being generous outside the church. We give to the food bank tonight. That's an awesome thing. It's a great thing that we did. It's a great thing that we do when we give through the church. The Pembroke campus just gave, I think there were like 63 children, brand new coats, gloves, boots, snow pants. That's an awesome thing that we gave to those outside the church. Every one of those people wasn't a part of Grace Capital Church. Laconia gives tons of time through their mentoring program in the middle school. There's other things that the church does outside. And these are all good things, and we're not going to stop these things. We're going to continue with them because they're good things, and they're things that we feel that God has called us to do. But what if you, the church, were generous with the church, within the church? Could your generosity inside the church be the thing that helps someone understand John 3.16 more deeply? God gave His only Son. Could your generosity be the key to unlock a hardened or selfish heart? What an amazing way to unlock a hardened and selfish heart than to receive so much generosity. Could your generosity be the driving force behind someone's willingness to, to put their pride aside? put their pride aside and receive God's gift of salvation. You know, so many of us are prideful. We, we think we don't need a gift from God. But what if they saw how generous the church was and they know that, you know, if the church is that generous, if they've set their pride aside and they can be that generous with each other and give and receive from each other, maybe I can receive that gift of God, that salvation. God's greatest act of generosity. So generosity, it does become us. But really, once we understand God's generosity, it not only becomes us, it becomes them. Generosity becomes them as we look and see those who we can be generous with. What if we all understood God's generosity and, and received it so that we can be generous with each other. What if Jesus' church lived out the book of Acts where it stated that there was no one, no one among them who lacked anything? Our generosity with each other would be a testimony of God's generosity to us. Our generosity with each other would be a testimony to our trust in God who supplies seed to the sower and the harvest. Our generosity with each other would be a testimony to God's faithfulness. Because God has been faithful with us and He's promised to be faithful to us. What we sow, we're going to reap.
if we, the church, can trust God to be more generous, even starting here tonight with each other, the world would take notice. Believe me, they would take notice. We would see the local church built up. We would see those who need generosity come. But you know what? We'd see those who need to be generous. They would come too. Because what God's doing through His church. Then we would all learn to be generous with all that God has. We would live out Acts 4. And none would be in lack. None would be in lack. So tonight, the ministry time is in your heart. It's asking God, asking the Holy Spirit to guide you in all generosity, in all good things, so He can sustain you and He can provide everything you need for every good work. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are generous with your grace and your mercy. And Lord, your blessings even beyond that. God, you are so generous. You gave your only son. God, we see in your word time and time again your generosity to your people. Your generosity to this world. Lord, show us how to be generous. Let it start here tonight in this room the generosity with each other a chance to share with each other God those who are here who have time to give God let them find someone to give the time to as a mentor as a guide as a leader or to do yard work or to do something very practical to help out Lord Lord those of us Lord who have money to be able to be generous Lord give us that that Holy Spirit wisdom of how to be generous God, we trust you. God, you're faithful. You're always faithful. You sustain us. Lord, in your word says that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. So Lord, don't let us be the ones to sow sparingly. In our families, in our church, in this town, in this area, Lord, give us a heart of generosity. Jesus name. Amen. Well, there will be some elders and prayer leaders down front as we finish. If you would like prayer for anything, healing, maybe you need some to talk with someone about working through a hardened heart so that you can be more generous. We'll be happy to pray with you down front here. But tonight is your benediction. I'm just going to read part of the scripture that we read from 2 Corinthians tonight. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. The seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Wow. Through the proof of his, this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you 
because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 